0: Welcome back to another issue, I'm Beastie Boy,
1: I'm Table, I'm Red,
0: and it is I, Shino Brando. And in this issue, we shouldn't jump through the ages and talk about anime's greatest rivalries.
1: Two motherfuckers who are truly playing 5D interdimensional chess with time travel. So, I'm talking Death Note. The original manga lasted from 2003 to 2006, 2006 being the year that the original anime came out, the anime movie coming out 2007. There are books, there are video games, there are recreations, there are side stories, there is a whole bunch of live action. Like, I know we all made a big noise when Netflix was doing a live action, but there's like seven different hmm. live action related things.
2: Any Any good?
1: I'm inclined to say no. Uh, um, I haven't seen all of them, so I cannot confirm.
0: The live but, actions?
1: Yeah. I'm inclined to say no. I would Indeed. say don't
0: watch the American live action one. Just don't. I watched That's it. It was always a That's time. Fair. Yeah. So
1: for those who have somehow managed to avoid hearing about Death Note, which I don't know why that would both be true when you clicked on this episode, but to each their own. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Please
3: hit that subscribe button and make sure to hit that like button if you want to hear more. We're happy to us. have you.
1: But this story revolves around Light Yagami, who gets his hands on a notebook, the Death Note, and you write in it, you write someone's real name, and they fucking die. There's a lot of extra things. The Death Notes come from, like, Shinigami, Death God-type characters. And of course, when criminals all around the world start dropping dead, the cops go, what the fuck, and intervene. Enter L that is the guy's name. It's not, but it is, but it's not, but it is. And this is how the entirety of their relationship goes with L trying to gather enough evidence that light is Kira which literally translating to killer, the name given to the one responsible for all of these murders and light trying desperately to seem like a normal teenage boy, despite the fact he definitely looks like a prospective school shooter. And, L looks like he was a reject from the casting call for the ring.
0: Both of those statements you just said are foul, and it's funny as hell.
1: (laughs) I'm right! This man looks like exactly
3: what My Chemical Romance was singing about in Teenagers. My god.
2: This man looks like my, My Chemical Romance is what you wanted to say.
3: Yeah, this is correct. All of them just merged into one.
1: So these boys, these lads, to be fair, they do end up adults fairly quickly, but they do start off. Light at least starts off. At, like, the end of high school, L's age is vaguely ambiguous for fun and profit, but he was on a tennis team at one point, so do with that what you will. Um, How he managed to go outside without immediately getting a sunburn, we may never know. But this show, this anime, this manga, is zero to fucking 100. Light gets this murder book. He accidentally kills someone. He tests it again, kills someone else, and goes, it is time to become the god of the new world, and goes off. Meanwhile, L manages to pin down Light's, like, general location to the Kanto region of Japan, and that he's probably related to a cop of some sort before he's even on screen. We haven't met this guy yet! And from there, it truly goes. There is an arc where Light loses his memories, and during this arc, L handcuffs them together with, like, a super long chain, And they remain that way for 97 days.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Seven days of being handcuffed to a guy who thinks you're a criminal. And he is right, but you don't remember that.
3: So what I'm hearing is this is their get along shirt.
1: Yeah. Obviously, the writer was going off. This guy, this man, Tsugumi Oba, truly went, what would be the most batshit relationship to have? And then wrote it. They don't stop. He constantly says weird shit. Elle goes, I think you're a serial killer. And, like, goes, would a serial killer do this? Performs a bunch of weird social actions that, to be fair, kind of make him seem like an okay person. And Elle goes, yeah, if they're trying to throw off suspicion. And round and round they go, like idiot rats in a circle. Now, one of the key requirements of who we were bringing to our issue today was that in this rivalry there could only be one Mm -hmm. this cannot end with a redemption arc this cannot end with agreeing to go their separate ways and never talk again this can't end with both them hiding out in a closet for an extended period of time this has to end in blood and to be fair there is already a lot of blood in death note but the way this particular rivalry resolves interestingly it ends halfway through the series there is more following what happens next and this is the mandatory spoiler warning i suppose because it's a big deal l dies light manages to outplay him sort of in that i referenced shinigami earlier they're basically just like they kind of like sit and watch whoever has the death notes because they think it's funny and Light's friend, who has a huge crush on him for some reason, even though she's infinitely cooler than him, Misa mm-hmm. Amane, also has a death note. And basically, Light's been kind of using her as a proxy sometimes and, like, to cast off suspicion. And his big plan is to use her to kill L. And when her, like, death god stalker buddy finds out about this, he kind of gets big mad. Mm-hmm. And kills one L to prevent L from getting her arrested and executed, because the death penalty is so much on the table here. But because Shinigami aren't like allowed to interfere or whatever, this guy immediately fucking zoops off. He's gone, dead, whatever, disintegrated, no longer our problem. Love so me. Light managed to get L proxy killed by a death god. I'm gonna go out on a limb and call that cheating. It is. It's I would fun. say so as well. Like, there's really nothing L could have done to avoid that one because, again, he doesn't really know about the murder notebooks per se.
2: Nope.
1: But, credit where credit is due. Like, did win. And he proceeds to yell this at L's grave. Like, he has an entire fucking, like, victory speech on the dude's grave. At the end of which he goes, oh, right, he's dead. And then he proceeds to be kind of a moody bitch for the rest of the series. (laughs) I'm not even kidding when I say moody bitch, too. He spends the rest of the series constantly thinking about how no one will ever match up to him the way that Elle did. And just being generally disappointed in everybody around him. Yeah, his boyfriend's dead. What else is he going to do? Not fuck the girl who clearly wants to sleep with him, that's what. The tension is real. The anime puts a lot of effort into portraying things incredibly dramatically. Again... He is murdering people with a notebook, but the way those writing scenes go, the evil glint in his eye, the maniacal laughter, the fact that anytime people aren't looking at light, he has the most murderous face you've ever seen. <laughs> like if anyone turns around at the wrong time, they'll go, maybe, maybe that weird scrawny goblin is onto something. Maybe you belong in a
3: straitjacket, kid.
1: I won't recommend Death Note to anyone, because if you haven't already seen it, that's probably by choice, but... You gotta give it to him. These guys really were going for gold in terms of how much can you hate someone and still be obsessed with them. And that nonsense is what I bring to the table. Oh, I should also mention, they do punch each other like once. But that's during the amnesia arc when Light is just really pissed off about being handcuffed to a guy who hates him. My god. One instance of physical violence.
0: I don't like you. Who are you? (laughs)
3: All right. Let me take y'all to the grand pappy of fucking merch sales, okay? In my exploration of what exactly anime I need to bring to the table to even compete with the rest of our show, I couldn't bring myself to bring an anime past the year 2000. And the kind of reason for that is with the rise of shonen, you've got like the rivalries and all of that from your Inuyashas, your Naruto's, your things like that. And that's where a lot of people's heads live. But... You have to keep in mind that anime was around 30-ish years before that, and so I did some diving, and with some help from Shino, I bring you Gundam. I was new to the series, so pardon me for things I might skip over. Encompassing what I covered is Gundam 1 from 1979, mm-hmm. Gundam 2 from a year or two later, Gundam 3, and Char's Counterattack.
2: So essentially what Red Watch was literally the entirety of Gundam, the series, but condensed into three movies for better viewing. Because there's a lot in between that you can kind of gloss over and just be like, well, it's just it's just part of the part of the background of war. Those three movies were a nice way of just chopping all that down. And they did a good job of it. I enjoy it. So
3: and honestly, I highly recommend it. Like the storytelling is different. You know, prepare yourself for a little bit for that. But this isn't fucking movie reviews of four movies. This is Smackdown versus Raw anime style. In this Get case, it's me. mental chess and war. <laughs> so I'm bringing Amoro Ray versus Shar Aznable.
1: This is like galactic chess. No, but seriously.
3: <laughs> this takes place after Earth has been all sorts of fucked up. Earth Federation has needed to find other Earths to recolonize. We've got space things. I promise you this is part of where the lore from Halo comes from. In my research a little bit about this is a lot of like, oh my god, this takes from so much and spits out so much. My point being, Mobile Suit Gundam, not only being the grandpappy of rivalries, but these two being on opposite sides of this war is ahead of its time. Mobile Suit Gundam reigns and remains as the longest running tale ever fucking animated.
2: One of the, yeah. I'm sorry,
1: you say that when we all know One Piece exists. Come on. (laughs) So, these two taking place
3: very early in the Universal Century timeline is the fight between the Earth Defense Force and the Principality of Zion. 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 My apologies. I watched the sub and saw some pronunciations coming back. Oh, yeah. And so, coming from the language and trying to translate into mine for pronunciation reasons, that's why. Mm -hmm. My apologies. So, let's start with some bad guys. Char, I promise you is the great granddaddy of every red-suited sentai with a V on his fucking head. I promise you this is where Beautiful Joe and Zodiac Knights comes from. Shining red dude, who happens to have locks of beautiful fucking gold hair. This dude slays space puss. And I say this yeah. because he kind of operates in his war, on his side, in like his own little way, very slowly climbing up the ladder and by that I mean destroying every wrong on the way up.
1: Look, no one can unseat you from the top of the ladder if there is no longer a ladder.
3: First coming after Garma in the first movie, holy crap, just sends him out against the enemy and goes, so y'all like a bait and switch?
0: Yeah. And and, Gar- and
3: Karma goes, <laughs> no. And Char basically just flips him off and then just gets him obliterated.
0: Jesus.
3: Turns this man and his ship and everybody on board into Swiss fucking cheese in space. Char, fucking awesome.
2: One of the best, man. A murderer for the best. His
3: enemies, Charred. Coming from the opposite (laughs) side of that headspace is Amuro Ray. This is a kid who essentially wandered himself into this fucking Gundam and just has a knack to pilot it.
2: There's just, a reason for that, dude. I could break it down for you really easily, man. Please. So in the new era of time, moving to space has, has made people evolve a little bit, right? So naturally, people have to adapt to their new surroundings. So in space, right, since it's such a grand scape, your mind starts to expand. So now we have something called a new type, which is like a, a human being who now has like a bit of a telepathic, telekinetic kind of thing going on, right? They're not really, it's it's not really a hard science because there's there's not really study for it yet. There's only a few of them yeah, out there. Yeah, it's not
3: midichlorians but, or anything like that
2: yeah and they kind of try to hide themselves but it's a thing happening with amuro he just kind of has like a just a natural ability to just like oh i read it i understand it i get it i can operate it i can see things coming before they happen kind of kind of deal going on and Shar's is kind of the same thing
3: amuro doesn't like war at all like he would just prefer to just not but the fact is because he is so good at what he does now being the main piloter of his gundam he's kind of stuck this dude, the origin of the modern problems require modern solutions, and he is strategizing is what is against essentially space Nazis.
2: That's the great thing between Shara and Admiral. They're they're essentially fighting for the same thing, but two with two different results.
3: Kind I, of fighting like the enemy of my enemy is kind of my friend, but not really because he slayed my people.
2: Yeah. That guy
3: <laughs> sucks. Useful, <laughs> like, but he sucks. <laughs>
2: Like I get what you're trying to do, bud, but you blew up my colony, so I kinda I'm kinda mad at you, man.
3: The reality of this series is a lot of who thinks better. It's Space Chess, I promise you. This takes the allegory that Star Wars laid out for you in the in the late seventies and expands it. I say this as a person who has watched Star Wars and then watched this. Oh my god, the Star Wars like influence is scattered all over the place. Going oh, yeah. right down to Char's fucking helmet, which looks like Darth Vader's fucking helmet, but painted silver.
1: Vader like, has a sick aesthetic, even if he requires it for life reasons. Let him share.
2: That's right. So much so, that's why that's why Shari's all draped in red, because Vader's all draped in black.
3: And that's this thing. It is chess on a galactic scale between someone who would just kind of rather not, but has a knack too, and someone who mm-hmm. really wants to, but has the same knack. It's both sides of the same coin.
2: And what's fucked about yours is that their rivalry spans for fucking decades. DECADES before it comes to a close so there's a lot of history between there for the two of them
3: fun fact the main gundam the ray only reason it looks like that is because bandai Hmm. said you know what that'll sell more toys and i was hooked
2: you mean rex good old rex
3: it's thought provoking it's a war template and because this was written in the late 70s and came out in the early 80s like the world is just coming out of fighting wars yeah And so that's still fresh in everybody's mind. And you can see that just scattered all over the place.
2: Wipe out whole colonies in the name of peace.
3: Char by himself. Before he even comes at our good buddy Amuro. Like the first line it's even said about his, his Gundam, the Red Comet. It was told to us blatantly that it slaughtered five armies already. It came in and wiped the floor with them.
2: You whole motherfucker, man. Understood. So much so, did you get through? Did you get through Shar's counterattack? I did not. Okay, so because because when you get that far is when 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 the meat's really there, man. Because now, as I was telling you guys before, their their whole rivalry spans decades, man. So like throughout the entire run, Shars in the background, like rebuilding his version of zeon which becomes Neo zeon mm-hmm. and like his grand plan. Because he's like, for him, he's like, there's no peace on earth. People are shitty. He's got the Thanos effect, right? People are shitty and, you know, resources are slim and people you know, some people don't deserve it. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this giant motherfucking asteroid over here. I'm going to drop it in this earth and force everybody to live in space. So one, we don't have to fight over resources anymore. And two, we got to count on each other. So which everybody's just like, but you can't do that because we still have people down there. And he's just like, but some sacrifices have to be made. But Char I can at-
1: do that. There are people down there and it's a shame for them.
2: Cool. Exactly. char
1: looks at that
3: planet whoever said that to him and goes
2: bet so i'm sorry because like you need to know the ending of char's counter death because like, that's the main that's the main one i wanted you to get through because that's where the rivalry ends at so i guess i'll end that for you unless you know what happens to them please do in the grand scheme of things so yeah char does launch that asteroid into the into earth it's going to happen and so emerald's like well fuck it i'm gonna try my best to use all my fucking new type juice my tk telepathic powers to like adv- like make that not happen." Meanwhile, the the Earth Federation now is just, like, trying to plant bombs, like, detonators across the entire thing to kind of, like, blow it up in chunks and see if maybe that can, like, be less devastating on Earth. Meanwhile, the enemy's just like, you know what? That doesn't sound like a bad plan. This is kind of fucked up, and we shouldn't have followed this guy all the way here. This is fucked. And so they start helping them out. And so now Shar and Amro and are, like, just kind of, like, dueling it out to the point where just like they're like this is getting stupid and then amro's just like well just i'm gonna just do this by myself and so like he's begging others not to join and then all of a sudden char is about to like kind of like fuck off <laughs> and he's about to dump out in his pod from his mobile suit and amro kind of catches him and like like grabs the pod and it forces it into the asteroid so he's kind of lodged in there and amro's just like well if i'm gonna die you coming with me and so char's like, char's yeah, Shar's like, well, shit. And then, like, through, through the entire thing, he's seeing, like, how everybody's kind of, like, helping Amro out. So he's just like, oh, I've been wrong about people all along. Here, let me help you with my new type juice as well. And so it works out where the asteroid's blown into two chunks, and then their combined powers separate the two chunks so it avoids Earth altogether. But in doing so, they run out of new type juice, and they both die in their pods. The Thus premise of the this end episode of was
3: that uh, only one can survive. And for the betterment of both sides of war, neither can survive.
2: That's right. Goddamn.
3: And that's Gundam. Well, just the ever so smallest slice of Gundam. Gundam's been around <laughs> for a very fucking long time.
1: And from there, I think we have to go from space battles to personal battles.
0: Oh, base swords to regular swords. Exactly, gotta got go to the the feudal era where it was a little bit of, you know, technology in it. One of the series that Shino introduced or talked about to me. No joking, but <laughs> Afro Samurai, which I'll be talking about like kind of two rivalries in a sense that kind of sparked out into that series. The series was created by Takashi Okazaki and the manga date, original run date was September 1999 to May 2000. And then the animation officially started in, for part one in January 4th, 2007. And then the second part, which was called Resurrection, which was January 25th, 2009, which is a very good series. Nonetheless, it's a very limited you can easily watch both of these in like a day like it's, literally <laughs> it's, it's quick sittings for both like, yeah yeah if anything so just like you could easily watch part one in the first few episodes or the movie version of it sit it for one hour or something like that and then watch the other one in like I think almost an hour and a half I think mm-hmm. interesting notes about this series before I get into the rivalries Takashi Okazaki, the creator of the series, also was part of Ghost of Shishima and did a little bit of poster works for them. So these images that are in video, also you can find more on his like on his Twitter or something like that. But yeah, he did some artwork for them and it's pretty badass. And then he also did a comic for Marvel Comics called Werewolf by Night.
2: He did an issue of real, okay,
0: yeah, he apparently did it. So, sir, what haven't you done yet? <laughs> and
3: that circles what all the way back around because on our live show on Twitch, we've done an issue of Werewolf by Night.
0: So I I, I didn't even realize you are part of that and I was like, huh. But basically Afro Samurai has these rivalry stories or revenge stories following the main character Afro because he technically doesn't have like a proper name. This anime is like, if you like boondocks, this is something you can watch. If you like No More Heroes, especially No More Heroes 2, desperate Struggle, this gets that reference of the revenge plot from the first and second Afro mm-hmm. samurai. But mm-hmm. the rivalry that Afro deals with in the first part is basically, and like, not really spoiler alert, it's kind of, it is part of the story because that's how it's introduced. He deals with this dude, basically dealing, uh, fighting against his dad, who was, as they placed it, as a number one a samurai or assassin, per se. Yeah. And this dude named Justice, who's a freaking bad... Mother bleep comes and slices his dad. And Justice, voiced by Ron Perlman, by the way, and other some voice actors, comes in and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna leave you. Let you live. Come find me later on once you're ready to take on the number one role again." Mm-hmm. And after, yeah, this. Let me tell you, this kid watched his dad get murdered right in front of him, and was like revenge plot story. Here you go, boom. I'm that party. Nice
1: and ready for a subway sandwich.
2: Table. He got he got the boba fed. I watched my daddy's head come right the fuck off.
0: Yep. And you watch this kid look at that too. That kid literally grew up right there. He had no feelings. He <laughs> yeah. got like this attached. Boom. I'm a man. I will fuck your shit up later. The other rivalry that's part of this, or I guess a part of one and two, is a character, which I can't really expose his real name, but the character name that he's given for his alternate identity or identity that's given the series is called Kuma with this bear head, as you can see on screen. So Kuma is essentially, I guess, would be a good part of like. Afro's life for the most part, but Kuma's there to like come after Afro just for the shit he did. At the same time, you gotta understand when you see Kuma's like original character growing up with him, you can understand why he was like, "Bro, I'm gonna fuck your shit up, bro." Like, (laughs) because he like Afro kind of like you can vouch for him, but at the same time, he's he's a psycho killer. Bro's just doing whatever he can just to defend himself and get his revenge. That's what his plot was. Mm -hmm. Kuma's like, "Fuck this, you ain't deserving this. I'm gonna come and find you and."
2: It's on site, dog. It, it's
0: on site. It's on site,
2: man. As soon as the
0: man is like, "Oh, Afro here, huh?" Oh, let me get my blades ready. Nonetheless, yeah, just these two characters Afro deals with, and then also many other villains alongside that Afro you know has to go through and deal with. It's crazy. Obviously, nobody's gonna survive this. Like one way or another, someone has to die. Just kind of like no more heroes. But to reach the top, you gotta do what you gotta do. Like I said, Afro is the one who's just like, "Fuck your shit." I'm gonna take this, but one way or another someone's going to get killed and you got to see who who dies from this. So yeah, I got to see it out. Yeah, (laughs) you got to see it through my boy. Literally, that's the series is artistically well done. Manga wise. I haven't seen it or read it, but visually it's stunning. That is Afro Samurai. And then, you know, the rivalry shitheads that he has to deal with. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but yeah, to get more of Kuma, you got to watch the anime itself and understand why he's there and why he's involved. Right on.
2: Okay. All right. So I guess we'll end this off and I'll bring the grandpappy of the mall, the guy who starts all the shonings for you. And the reason why we had a magazine called Shonen Jump in the first place, well, kind of made it popular anyways. Hakuto Noken, a.k.a. Fist of the North Star. What do you guys know about this stuff? You guys know anything about this?
3: I know it. Heavy influence Jojo.
2: Yes.
0: I also know that it uh, has the very famous start of the omaiwa Shinduru,
2: Mm hmm, mm hmm. This is exactly where it comes from. Yep. God bless that voice actor for that because he dropped that line so damn heavy that it just pre recorded it and repeated it every time, anyways. God damn. Yes. Fist of the North Star. So, this is set in a Mad Max post apocalyptic setting. This was done by Yoshiyuki Okamura and Shofu Mimura, known both as son a collab, if you will. Art was done by Tetsuo Hara in the manga, which then tra- got translated into uh, an anime, which I grew up on. Which is pretty long, and there's a lot in betweens. But I'm gonna talk about the most important guys that he has to go flush, because like everybody else in between are just a bunch of luganites and hooligans, anyways. So they don't really matter. But the main guys are the ones I'm gonna talk about, the main beefs, anyways. So it starts off with Kenshiro, and basically he's got three rivals he's got to go through, and their backstory ends well starts with basically them learning a martial art. Because in the post-apocalyptic world, martial arts is now the shit for some reason.
3: Let's be real. It's always been the shit.
2: But now, I guess now it rules the land. So in their school, known as the Hokto Shinkin, which is translated as the Big Dipper Godfist, they're taught to be righteous, pious. You know what I mean? Everything right. Everything a pro tag should be. Everybody else kind of has a falling out with the martial art. Kenshiro being the shining example of what what Hukto Shinkin should be is literally the pro tag of pro tags. All your stoicism is this guy. So let me just get into it. Hukto no Ken is Fist of the North Star. It literally is an art style which pinpoints the vital points. Like every shit explodes. All your pressure points, everything. That's what it targets the most. It's a hardcore martial art. Kenshiro is the main practitioner of the martial art. He brings nothing but protag tag heat. He punches hard. His eyebrows are a whole character on their own as well. He's one part Bruce Lee, one part Jesus Christ. He's the true (laughs) face of the North Star. He will end you if you're evil, mercilessly. He knows about maybe like about a thousand techniques. Most of them are for murdering. Face of the North Star will leave you either blind, crippled, or dead. And for some reason, he has a seemingly endless supply of shirts and jackets after always losing them after having explosions of power. He literally powers up and his clothes rip apart. But yet, right after, they're back on his chest. Somehow, someway.
1: Carries them around in a little baggie that he keeps in his shoes. Maybe. oh my god he's the originator
3: of that fucking trope
2: that fucking trope also some dudes took his girl no bueno so let's talk with asshole number one jaggy he never mastered a fucking thing in his life he's codependent on his fucking sh- on his shotgun and his thugs. he has a beef with kenshiro because kenshiro fucked his shit up one day after he tried to kill ken and ken was just not having that shit and he folded him easily
1: sounds like he had it coming
2: Exactly. So much so that Kenshiro punched him only once and man's head was about to explode. Thus, Jackie now has to wear a face and head harness to keep his brain from exploding after stopping his pressure points by puncturing them so that his head wouldn't explode. He also wears a helmet because he looked kind of grody. His actions kind of... in the course of time, Jackie's an asshole. He's the one that sets the course of things so ken was really good friends with a guy named shin shin was like the, a practitioner of the south style of like martial arts so like the south dipper so he's pretty much like a rival but like not like the murdering kind The kind of like hey man you and i practice against each other see so which which side is pretty stronger and then we just kind of go about our ways jaggy kind of like got to his ear and was just like you know ken's got this girl yuria she's beautiful and she likes strong man you know ken ain't all that strong man i think you're stronger than him so you deserve her you should go get her kind of laid it on thick and so shin was like yeah yeah you are right i'm gonna go do that and so he kind of puts the seven scars in ken's chest and then like leaves him for dead and takes his girl anyways and jaggy's just like i did it and it throws ken away like over a cliff and he's just like i did it ken's gone and now i'm the Fist of the north star even though you don't practice shit so in his eventual return he targeted jaggy first and so when he met up with jaggy right away that fight didn't last very long one because jaggy had kidnapped somebody who had a brother who was also a martial arts uh, practitioner who was on the hunt looking for the man with seven scars Ken is pretty much like you're looking for this asshole named jaggy don't worry I'm gonna go find your sister. We're gonna save her because I'm looking for Jaggy too. And Ray was like, "Well, I'm gonna follow you because you sound like you may be telling the truth. But if the moment you fuck up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slice through you." And Ken's like, "Okay, bring it." And so they find Jaggy finally, like, right? So they find Jaggy, and Jaggy's like, "Oh shit!" So like they find his sister, they save his sister, and Ray's like, "Like, let me go handle Jaggy." And he's like, "No," and Ken's like, "No, no, no, I'm gonna go handle Jaggy," and like he literally does in just like one fucking punch, and that's when Jaggy's head finally explodes. Oh. Next up, I'll talk about Shin. So this is the next dude, the guy who took the girl. This is Kenshiro's first main adversary. Shin represents the star of martyrdom. So he's a martyr by, uh, (laughs) by flow. Shin was coerced and corrupted by Jaggi who set him on a path of beating Kenshiro, running off with Yuria by force. He was just feeling Kenshiro's girl from like a long ways. He practices Nantu Koshuken, which is the South Dipper Lone Eagle style. It is what it is. Shin's style is known for literally ripping through people, tearing through people, straight carving through dudes. Whilst in some eagle formations, as if he's like flying, his arms are out like wings, and like I mean, like he co- he goes through people. Men, literally, I, went,
1: I am the flesh scissors.
2: Yeah, it's Jeez. something else, man. It's crazy shit. Yuria, being unhappy with with being around Shin because she just not didn't want to be there, not, you know, she's there not by choice. Was just getting sick and tired, and so thinking that Ken was dead, she just tried to commit suicide, oh, which shit. didn't yeah, which didn't go well because she was caught. And, uh, like a couple, like a couple of guards caught her on the way down. And so just they're like, Shin, Yeah. Like, yeah. No, because they're, they're, they're just posted out there. So they saw her jump down and like, oh, fucking one of them just like was in time to like catch her. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh like, he gotcha. And so they told Shin, and Shin was like, okay, well just keep an eye on her. Ken is on his way. And so Ken makes his way there and immediately it's on site. Oh, hundred percent. So they like, they throw down, and Ken now becoming the full on practitioner of, of the North Star is just like he's top tier. So like man, no matter how much you try, you're not winning. And so to not die by Ken's hands, Shin's like fuck this, and then commit suicide by jumping off a building.
1: That's reasonable.
2: He's like my head's busted, my my body parts about to explode. Fuck that! Jumps off the building and dies. <laughs> Yo shit. <laughs> and that's number two, and so adversary number three, Rao, and he's the big fucker. So Rao is. The self-proclaimed Fist of the North Star. He robbed Kenshiro of the title. He forced it onto himself. He practices the hard-fist version of the Haku which is literally just all brutal moves. There's no technique in there. It's just all hard hits. He calls himself the Ken O, which is the King of Fists.
3: I am brick wall. Fuck you.
2: Exactly. He took the title of Fist of the North Star right from Master Ryukin, who was the guy who taught him all and everything. He was just like, because I'm so damn strong. I'm the Fist of the North Star, which Ryuken was like, I I'm disagree. I'm the brick shithouse. So Master Ryuken was like, I disagree. And then he was immediately wrecked because of it. And then Rao would go across and try to conquer the world by going from territory to territory and just destroying people and taking their fucking lands, destroying any territory holder, destroying anything in sight, and saying that you now belong to me. He gains a badass horse that shared a link with this man for murdering the weak. It, loved, it actively loved to murder things. The horse liked to murder take that murder, in. a that murder horse rao was able to tame and ride the fucking thing if he were to be dismounted from the horse however it would change allegiance enter Kinshira's new horse oh my god rao wraps him up in his cape and just like puts his finger through his chest bam and he's like now you're fucked and he's like hey do you have three days to live make your three days last
1: that's one way to handle that kind of confrontation one
2: mm-hmm. punch man eat
1: your heart out like
2: but in the end but in the end, each of these guys have to go down. Jaggy had to go down. Shin went down. Rao's got to go down. And after murdering their master and even, how's I don't even know, but the course of time even came across Yuria and took her too. He's just like, I have everything you need here, Ken. I mean, you got to face me now, right? And you keep wanting to say you're Fist of North Star, but I'm Fist of North Star because I took that sh- I took that shit. So what you going to do about it? And so Ken's <laughs> like, I guess this is the day we throw down, man. So they throw down. And in the end, Ken folds this fool in, like, fucking, like, four moves in the most powered-up way possible. You remember when, you remember how Goku, he witnessed Krillin die and Frieza's like, aha, and he's like, oh my god, I'm, I'm pushed to the point where now I blow up with this aura of power. You think he's the first guy to do that, huh? Oh. No, nah. Kenshiro did it first, man.
3: Kenshiro, the legendary Super Saiyan. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs>
2: Jesus. After taking a brutal beating, got back in his two feet and just, like, powered up, uh, and just like, boo! Man, just like no no changing the hair color or anything just extra power extra rage and just folded mans called it a day it's the best shit ever if you ever watch one of what want to watch someone just walk around with an attitude and just take out just take out dudes left and right ken shiro's the man to do it so in the end <laughs> in the end of it all to end ken shiro beat the cheeks of evil and tamed the lands
0: his girl hold on you said the fact that you said beat the cheeks of evil that's rude and you know it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) he would beat the cheeks of evil and tame the lands bro yuria his girl she would succumb to the radiation poisoning so sorry so she would she would live her last days in peace with kenshiro Mm -hmm. who would use the many healing techniques that toki taught him to keep her alive a little bit longer as much as possible but in the end she would succumb to it and she would pass and that would be end of that would be the end of part one of Fist of North Star, there is a part two, which is also fun to watch, but literally it's just the further adventures of Captain North Star and the Planeteers. So, like, it's good, but it's like you don't really need to watch it. Like, first part's like true end, and second part's just like the further adventures. Like, you just kind of you can watch it if you want to be entertained by cannon, just keep blowing people up. Other than that, <laughs> it's just an extended forty-three episodes of just whatever you want. So, it's more so sub, yeah, yeah, it's a plot with
0: more violence, yeah,
2: yeah. That's basically it. But the first one's the one that matters. The journey from. Finding fucking Jaggy to get all the way down to Rao and everybody in between. God damn. Holy shit. And that's it, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that's, it. that's a lot.
3: <laughs> These are a wide selection of picks. Many not coming from very, like, zeitgeisty sort of animes. And I think that's for the best because you've got a little, you got to dig a little deeper into the minutia of, like, sometimes where anime comes from, the great granddaddies of it, subtle storytelling in the way of Death Note. The Tales of the Goblin and the Incel. This is a wide variety of picks. And all of these people hate each other. Mad. Oh
2: yeah. For Kenshiro, everybody's on site. Every day.
3: The sun would be reason- on site if he could.
1: The reason that man has eyes is to pick a fight.
2: Please, you mean eyebrows. His whole, his whole eyebrows is a whole character by itself, man.
3: Unfortunate. Beastie, if you please.
0: Well, if you'd like to hear us discuss more anime, make sure you hit that big red subscribe button so you can see us every Wednesday. And you can catch us uh, streaming live on Thursdays and Mondays on twitch.tv slash Crusade. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram for more discussion about anime and updates. And join the Crusader chat as well on Discord by checking our link tree in the description down below. You can download any previous episodes or listen on your mobile device through anchor.fm or search nerdcrusade on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, fellow Crusaders... The
2: 1,000 Cracked Fists of the North Star, and that's to be continued.
0: Thanks for tuning in. If you like this video, go ahead and button mash a thumbs up. If you want to swing by when we have a new video, web up the sub button. Oh, and while you're at it, hit the bell to be notified
2: by...